You're listening to the Laugh Button Podcast on the Riotcast Network, riotcast.com. The Laugh Button Podcast is back. Yes, it is. My name's Mark Seaman. His is Matt Kleinschmidt. And uh, Sex Pot Comedy will be joining us for this episode. Yeah, Kayvon and Andy. That's right. Both uh, the Sex Pot and the Comedy Wh- which will be explained. Which one's the Sex Pot? And which one's the Comedy? And which one's the Comedian? Yeah, we're going to find out. We are going to find out. And uh, they're a uh, Colorado-based yes. institution. And uh, Colorado couldn't be any hotter at the moment for comedy. It is kind of on Between fire. Between Sex Pot, the Grawlicks... T.J. Miller. T.J., yes. Josh Blue, uh, one of the best comedy clubs in the country. Dead Comedy Works. That's right. Uh, so it's a hot spot. It's a hot it bed. And uh, we're fortunate enough to be able to spend some time with the Sex Pot Comedy guys and find out what they're up to. Dude, you know what's kind of awesome about this is we have we we have the guys from the Grolix and those who can't. Yep. We've had T.J. Miller. Yep. We now have the Sex Pot guys on this podcast. Yeah. So we just got to get Josh Blue is what you're saying? Josh Blue is like it. And then we have the Denver Corfecta. Yeah. Like Quartet. Corfecta? I don't know. <laughs> the Denver Six Pack? The Denver. Well, we got two more for the Denver Six Pack. Yeah. So yeah, yeah well, I'll hit up Josh, man. We'll get him on because yeah. he's got a new special. It's going to be coming out very just soon. Enough, Excited just about week. that? Yeah, yeah. All right. So, thelaughbutton.com. That's the website. Make sure you go to it. Check out all of our latest stories, interviews, reviews, information. And uh, we have a brand new show that we're going to be presenting. Speaking of. TJ Miller. TJ Miller in Denver. This is, this is awesome. It's Dude, an all Colorado podcast. It is. This episode. It is. It's, this is awesome because, like, yeah, the Laugh Button will present TJ Miller live at Starland Ballroom in Central Jersey, Sayreville, New Jersey, which is our back our, our backyard. We're based in northern uh, New Jersey, right outside of uh, New York. And the Starland Ballroom, I have very fond memories of because mm-hmm. I was a Rutgers kid and grew up in uh, New Brunswick area, going to plenty of. Plenty of rock shows at Starland Ballroom as a kid. So, well, comedy has become the new rock show. Yeah. It, it seems so. You're going to be at yet another one, and uh, we're yeah. going to be doing some contesting. Yeah, we're going to do some contesting. We're going to be on site. TJ announced basically a huge tour called the Meticulously Ridiculous Tour. There it is. Nailed it. You yeah. practiced, didn't I you? Have. I have. You rehearsed. I, typing it is a pain. Because it is. I'm like, Duh, I can't, damn it, TJ. I can't spell for shit. It's not my. It's not TJ's fault. It's mine. I can't spell for shit. Um, well, then it's a good thing you yeah. are the. Uh, CEO of the Laugh Button, an editorial website where... <laughs> yeah, I guess that's how that works. No, um, yeah, uh, August 23rd, it's a Tuesday night, Starland Ballroom. Tickets are available. Uh, we have all the links everywhere on the website. You can go buy some. Uh, we'll be out there. We're going to do some limited edition posters that we're going to do. Yeah, away, excited some, some about stuff. that. So it's going to be awesome. It's going to be awesome. You and me, Central Jersey... End of August. Yeah, T.J. Miller is going to be joined by his wife, Kate. Miller, yes. And uh, Nick Vaderot, who's also been on the podcast. So we... Yeah, Nick's been on the podcast, and he's TJ's partner in crime. That's like, right. They've done a ton of stuff together. Back when TJ was doing like some hip hop stuff, Nick was—I feel like Nick was in like every other video. Mm-hmm. So yeah, yeah. So it's uh, it's it's fucking awesome. It's a big one for us. We're pretty excited about it. So come out and show your support. Support TJ. Support comedy. And if you must support us, but definitely support the first two first. <laughs> <laughs> right. We'll we'll take whatever trickles down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll take Get us the, last, but definitely support the other guys first. We'll take the puddle water, if you will, yeah, of this yeah, situation. All right. So. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's an all Colorado thing going on, and yeah, check uh, TJ's tour dates too. So if you can't yes. make it to New Jersey 
or or um, if it doesn't make sense for you to yeah. see him in Sayreville, don't worry, he's got you covered. He's going all across the country. He's oh. entering Canada. Yep. And uh, what's really awesome it's about this tour, dates, I think is what it is. Some of that. Yeah, tw- I think there's 22 shows in total and mm-hmm. like uh, 20 dates. Yeah. Maybe even twenty-three shows. With the last one being in Denver, yep. culminating with an HBO special. So they're going to tape it for a, a brand new HBO special for TJ, which he alluded to uh, mm-hmm. when we had him on the podcast. And so it's now finally ha- uh, has a date to mark on the calendar, yep. and we know when it's going to happen. And he's got, um, let's say, twenty-two tries to get it right, yes, or at least a warm-up for it he's before polish, he nails it. Polish it all up, yep. then tape it and uh, smack it on its butt and kick it out of the door. And, is, that, uh, is that a thing? I don't know if that's a thing. It is now. It is now. <laughs> well, two days ago yeah. at the taping of this podcast, uh, it was National Emoji Day, right? National Emoji Day, right? Okay. I'm not big into these, hey, it's taco day, hey, it's whatever, bring your dog to work. That's great. If you like your dog and you want to come to work, you should bring your, your dog to work every day. I don't yeah, care. Yeah, exactly, right? exactly. So uh, two days ago, National Emoji Day, and uh, TJ Miller gets cast in... Emoji mo- in the emoji movie. I saw that. Express yourself, and uh, we see the shit with the eyes on it, the googly eyes, because that's the emoji I would pick <laughs> if I were casting an emoji. Well, well oh, you'd be the the just yeah, two I, piles of shit where your eyes are. No, it's like a, the, the, the scrolly pile of shit with the two googly gotcha, eyes. That's gotcha. my emoji. That's, that's your emoji. Well, apparently, someone told me it was ice cream, but I think that's <laughs> way not ice cream. <laughs> is and there? By the way, yeah. I learned this is because I uh, my technology. Uh, Acumen is not that big, but if you do the shit emoji and then a piece of pizza before it, it spells piece of shit in emoji. Yeah, pizza shit. Yeah. Yeah, pizza exactly. shit. Isn't so that awesome? You never played Classic Concentration, I'm the still 15. hit game show from the 80s, 90s to, uh, with your host, Alex Trebek? It's because I'm still 15, dude. <laughs> pizza shit. That's what I got. I'm sorry. Anyone? Uh, we, have, uh, we do have an audience member in the room. Hands up if uh, you watch Classic Concentration. Uh, no one, just no, me? Right. That's what I thought. Right. Uh, vast knowledge of nothing. Nothingville. That's where I'm living right now. Captain in Nothingville. All right, so TJ Miller. Next to Clown Town. Yeah, it's right next door to Clown Town. It's one street over. Near Sillyville. So, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Got to get some zip codes. Z- zip codes are basically just like one, two, three. <laughs> is that because Ohio yeah. is the center of the universe? It is. And everything spirals out from there? It is. <laughs> okay. I can't even remember what I was going to say now at this point. TJ Miller, uh, TJ Miller. Yeah, uh, so um, I was able to get my hands on the uh, audition tapes. Oh, really? For TJ Miller. That's cool. And the Emoji Movie. And uh, and Sony ended up uh, being very... Uh, th- thank you, Sony, for, for allowing us to post this thing. So now it's available. <laughs> I go to laughbutton.com, check out the story, and then check out TJ basically just making different emoji faces. <laughs> it's automatically awesome. And it's like five minutes of, of the best. <laughs> So uh, it's very cool. So head over to laughbutton.com, check that out. Um, all right. Speaking of Colorado, you ever been, Matt? You ever been no, to Colorado? No, Never no, been. No. Have you ever been? I'm trying to think of things related to Colorado. This is mountainous. I've been to upstate New York and down the Appalachian Trail. Okay. Have you ever drank Coors? Yeah. The banquet of beers, not Coors Light. The, the, the silver one, right? The that's, silver bullet. That's Coors Light. There's the gold one, too. Yeah, that's Coors. The oh, banquet okay. of beers. Well, Most the, people know Coors Light. I know the Champagne a, of Beers, but that's a different brand altogether. What, what is that? Isn't that... Uh, the Champagne of Beers? There's a Champagne of Beers. What is that? I wish I knew. I wish I drank more, but there's definitely a Champagne of Beers. Yeah, I don't drink it's so like much Miller either. It's like Miller Ultra Life or High Life or... Oh, Miller okay. High Life. Champagne of Beers? Is that what it is? I don't <laughs> okay. know. I know what beer drinkers drink when they're not drinking beer. So your beer it's would be the, the non-beer of beers, right? Yeah, that sure. would be yours. Just well, water. isn't Coors like non, not a beer? 
Um, Coors, it's a beer. It's in the beer aisle. No, but like I know it's technically a beer. Yeah. But everyone that drinks Coors compares it to water, uh, which okay. I know is like blasphemous to say in Denver. Right. Because like the Coors family owns everything. They're well, like, they're the Denver mafia. If, if, <laughs> if you want to put it that way. No. All right. Uh, Am I ruining your case here? No, no. You're oh. listening to Pat Smith and Matt Kleinschmidt on the look. I just don't want to get assassinated. I don't want to get killed by people you know, from Colorado I'll as you throw them okay. under the bus. Okay. All right. So, all right, so I'm trying to get you into the Colorado mindset. So, so Coors is out. Coors. Uh, actually, being in Colorado is out. Weed. Uh, weed. I've never, I've never smoked drugs. In, <laughs> smoked drugs. I've never done drugs in my life. Do you know why I know that's a true story? Because Ari Shafir ripped me a new asshole at Skankfest about it. Yes, and also you just said, I've never smoked drugs before, oh, yeah, yeah. which no one says. I've never taken the drugs. <laughs> <laughs> I've n- yes, I've never consumed drugs. With, that's not how you say that. So you've definitely I, never. Okay, so... Uh, what else, Colorado? Um, skiing. Yes. Have you ever been skiing? No. Never I've been, been in, skiing. I've, you were an athlete at one point. Uh, sure. <laughs> you played goalie and stuff. Although yes. you run around the least. Yes. Uh, I, I used to play sports until high school, and then I stopped caring. Okay. Um, what else, Colorado? Okay, what you, else is okay, from Colorado? I can put myself in a Colorado mindset if you need it for the example. Yes. You're trying to give tell me, me. Give me an example. All right. I'm in Colorado. I'm skiing with a joint in my mouth. Okay. What's the story? Drinking Coors. Drinking a Coors. What's the story? There is no story. I'm just saying this is a Colorado-focused <laughs> podcast. I'm trying to get you there. It took three minutes to take us <laughs> nowhere, by the way. <laughs> nowhere. Well, I love, I love the state of Colorado. One of the best airports in Denver. It's mm. huge. Huge. I've slept there many a nights uh, in my travels because the weather is always horrendous when you go to Colorado, especially assuming, in the winter. I'm assuming Aspen Comedy Festival, maybe? Uh, yeah, been there okay. a bunch. And uh, you make the stop off in Colorado. Mm-hmm. And uh, if the weather's okay, they'll put you in a plane and send you towards Aspen. And then because it's in a valley, you know, anything can happen at any time. I've definitely flown towards Aspen, turned around multiple times, and just gone back to Denver and then slept there until they can try again. How, how long a flight is that between Aspen and Denver? Oh, it's real quick. It's like... Uh, like one of those puddle jump type of flights? Yeah, exactly. You take off, push the... If they have time, they'll push the drink cart down the aisle. If they don't, you just land. Exactly. Okay, and right. if you're circling, they're just like, we're not even going to give you the cart. We're just going to go home because yeah, this yeah. is not going to happen. Oh, yeah. But uh, anyway, color is a lot of fun. And if you do drink and you're in Colorado, uh, especially Denver, because it is a mile high, you get drunk a lot faster. So you don't have to drink... Because of elevations? Yes, because of elevations. Is that a real thing? Absolutely. Okay. So, so like, it's like one beer equals like two and a half beers, kind of, you know? When did... Okay. When did your knowledge of Colorado begin to equal your knowledge of Ohio? I, man, I've been <laughs> everywhere, man. My knowledge of everything is everywhere all the time, and it's a lot. A lot of pointless, useless information inside oh, my listen, brain. Listen, you're speaking to the king of that pointless, useless information shit, so I get that. All right, so right now, uh, let's um, let's talk. Well, we're already talking. See, T.J. Miller, Grolix, Josh Blue, Denver Comedy Works, and uh, this HBO special is going to be taped there. And we have Sex Pot Comedy on our uh, podcast today. So, yeah. How, when did you become aware? Oh, and High Plains Comedy Festival. High Can't Plains forget Com- about this. Which they is just, put on by half of Sex Pot Comedy and half of the Grolics. That's right. And they just announced... It's sort- like their baby. It is. So if they had sex... If Sex Pot had sex with Grolics, man, we're getting... What beaten. the fuck is Grolics, anyway? Grolics we, is... Have we the, ever asked I, them that? I know what Grolics is. What is, what is it? Grolics is the name of the the drawings and explanations that, that form curse words. So if you've ever seen like fuck spelled out, but it's got like squirrelies and like hashtags, ah, that is a Grolix. Is, gotcha. are those emo- Told you I know 
crazy bullshit. Yeah. Uh, it doesn't help me anywhere in my life unless I was a contestant on Jeopardy somewhere. But that's what a Grawlix is. It's like how you spell those out. That's cool. Did not know that. There you go. I guess I don't know everything. <laughs> All right. Sorry. So yeah, so like we this is the Denver episode. Yes, the Denver we should episode. We be eating Denver omelets as we're doing it. Denver, I don't know what you're talking about. All right. Yeah. <laughs> well, let's get to the sex spot comedy guys right now. Kayvon and uh, Andy. Andy Jewett. Yes. Stand up. Com- oh, wait. I want to give it away. Yeah, you're going to give it away. All right. Here they are. All right. Let's do this, Matt. You want to take the lead on this one? Just kidding. <laughs> he he jumped on that like a fucking. I was unraveling. Thanks for jumping on the fucking grenade, man. I was fucking unraveling no, my cord, man. All right. I'm excited for this one because we're going to learn a lot. I we personally are. am going to learn a lot about sex pot comedy today. Yes, we have we have uh, Andy and Cave on with us. Yes, they are the they are sex pot comedy. Hey guys, so, how you doing? How to do? Which one's sex and which one's pot? Yeah. Oh well, that's <laughs> for, that's up for debate. Cave uh, <laughs> probably having more sex than I am right now. Oh, and maybe more pot too. I don't know. <laughs> that's a good oh, point. That's a good oh, point. so you're sex pot? He's comedy. <laughs> yeah, I guess. Okay, there you go. go. Okay, how about that? Yeah, yeah maybe. Yeah. <laughs> nice. All right. So, so I want to get schooled here. I want I want a little history lesson. Like, uh, first of all, how'd you two meet? How'd you get involved? And uh, you know, to to make the decision to call something sex pot comedy, sure. there's got to be a story behind that, right? So sure. Lay it um, on me. Do you want to go? Or you want to go? Yeah. You know, I Andy. I forget when we met. Um, honestly. I think we met actually with. Um, did we meet with T.J. Miller at like? comedy show i feel like we met at comedy works and then went and hung out yeah i i had uh, probably about three and a half years ago started kind of hanging around the denver comedy scene just for more social reasons than mm-hmm. anything else and <clears throat> at the time owned uh, sexy pizza which had two locations okay. in denver and then uh, denver relief which is uh, the oldest cannabis dispensary in denver and i had gotten really kind of fed up with uh, traditional marketing outlets i had put in a specifically remember an ad in Westward magazine, which is the village voice paper yeah. uh, back there. It was a quarter page ad, probably cost me $900 for the week. Um, distribution, 120,000, something like that. You know, I, I, I put a coupon in it thinking maybe I'd get some back. Yeah. Um, I got three back and I, I thought for $900 for a week and this thing that nobody saw, like the awful return. Of course. Um, there's gotta be more creative ways to, to get our brand out there. Um, we're always, I've always been a, a small mom and pop operator in all the businesses that I have. So I don't, throw a ton of money at marketing mm-hmm. so got to get creative <clears throat> and uh, at the time I started going to propaganda primarily which is run by Matt Monroe at Lanny's Clock Tower in Denver and then the, the fine gentleman fine gentleman's club too much fun uh, which is at Deer Pile uh, that's probably the longest running weekly show in Colorado now I think a little over five years um, so uh, they they had asked Sam Talent, Nathan Lund from Fine Gents, Matt Monroe from propaganda if I wanted to sponsor their comedy shows and I had to think about that, and and it had it came the timing with that Westward ad uh, was really impeccable because I was comparing the dollars that they were asking, which is less than that nine hundred dollars for the week for an entire month sponsorship, yeah. and I was supporting these local art shows that were in the neighborhoods of where my businesses were, and giving people something that they wanted, um, being being known for um, being synergistic with comedy um, that these these people could go to these free shows for. So um, I found out that the the return, even though it wasn't quantifiable, I didn't get a coupon back in return. Uh, made a lot of sense because I was really providing something that the neighborhood wanted, uh, that that my customers already wanted, and that that really tightened up their um, commitment to to shopping at our stores. So, yeah, it, it and then, and then um, Kayvon started early on, um, <clears throat> like early when we had first met each other. He did a couple shows. Sex Pot is 
derivative of the sexy pizza and pot sexy pizza and pot so it's really just a pun but it really also isn't indicative of the type of comedy we do per se like a lot of people ask us oh is this stoner comedy and it's like no it's not a half-baked comedy show it's not like us telling jokes about marijuana although that certainly happens um it's just a brand a la ucb or nerdist or any of those Mm -hmm. things it's just just a good comedy brand hopefully that makes quality comedy and and Kayvon had a couple shows in his pizzerias um, that may or may not have included some pizza and cannabis uh, involvement. Um, we blacked out all the windows. People had to come in the back of the uh, business, and those got a little too popular. Uh, <laughs> they're raucous and fun, and we had our best. That's like what great. our what our brand really has become is the best Denver people next to the best national people. Okay, and so that's what those shows were like, where it was like the best local people, and then okay, Nick Thune and R- Rory and TJ are in town. Okay, mm-hmm. want to go do this crazy show <laughs> that'll be packed in uh, Kayvon's uh, pizzeria? It's like, of course, let's do it. So um, then that is kind of where, right after that, is kind of where Kayvon and I decided, okay, well, we can really help support the Denver comedy scene and help expand resources to make comedy sustainable in Denver outside of great people like the Grawlicks and whoever Mm -hmm. else have been in Denver. Like, those are kind of individual pods. Like, what infrastructure besides the comedy club that's there, which is great, by the way, um, you know, is there for sustainable infrastructure and there really kind of wasn't everybody's sort of on a raft so people still do obviously their own shows by themselves and that's great and so forth but we you know are sort of co-partners on 30 plus live shows a month in denver so right now you know i just moved to i've just moved to los angeles i'm helping still run those from la Kayvon's doing it from denver we've got isaac who's our our quarterback uh main employee slash partner in this venture and uh so yeah we're, we've got 35 live shows a month and then we have 17 podcasts a la Ner- nerdist or earwolf for any mm-hmm. of those or all things comedy or laugh button and so we've got that all on a network at sexpotcomedy.com you should go check that out we have a free radio stream called sexpot radio and then a bunch of videos and stuff like that currently but now now we're expanding into other stuff I think right now we're really trying to determine what <clears throat> what we do want Sexbot to be. Andy kind of touched on it sooner. It, it didn't really start as this thing where we planned out and made a business plan and said we're gonna mm. we're gonna tackle this. It was kind of an as needed thing. What artists needed in Colorado? What showrunners needed? Um, you know, the, whether it was help uh, finding space in a venue or help finding funds to pay folks you can get a bigger act or to pay for refreshment. Or help book great new acts or, or, you know, great people from out of town that were coming in that they might not have access to. Yeah, and it just kind of kept growing. And then all of a sudden, like Andy said, we have these 30-plus shows and 18 podcasts and helping people with this video production, working on some of these larger projects now that we're getting out there. And we're still trying to figure out exactly what we're doing, you know, and where we're going with it. Because it really served more than anything as a, a marketing tool for my other businesses. And this this collective thing that was just happened to serve two purposes. But now it seems to be growing into something larger that maybe we have to kind of really define what it is and have a mission and, and move forward with it. That's awesome, man. Wow. God. So so when you think about that, after you've both said everything you just said, when you first started, first getting involved, did you could you imagine it just growing and getting this big and it, well, like I, I mean, mean obviously it might have been a goal, but but you know, yeah. it's happened. I know? think I think um Kayvon's always wisely been about organic business growth mm-hmm. and not really um, you know, sort of mirroring the level of growth or uh, in our case, we've said infrastructure for the Denver comedy scene that it needed, so to speak, versus um, some grand plan to grow to a length, maybe that where we are now relative to that. And um, yeah, now it's really morphed into, okay, 
Uh, I'm in Los Angeles most of the time. You know, we're in a process where Sex Pot Comedy is really become going to become a production shingle for a lot of cool stuff, hopefully. Um, that's sort of the future of it, we feel like, um, relative to bigger media stuff. And um, so we'll still have, it'll be grounded always, I think, in the Denver connection and that vibe and like kind of um, Denver works because, um, you know, people aren't worried about making hits in music or comedy there. They're just mm. sharpening their saw, getting good at it, getting reps on stage if you're a stand-up, you know, um, creating crazy sketches and videos if that's your deal. Like, so kind of depending on what it is, um, you know, we'll, we'll certainly hopefully be grounded in that. And then, you know, a lot of the ideas that are being bantered around now relative to making TV or movie stuff is all based on that heritage. So it's like, it's kind of crazy to be living in a time where it's like, oh, that people would actually prefer, like, certainly it's like, okay, we got signed, all those things. It's like, oh, go do a cool thing in a movie or television show. That's amazing. And I want to do it. We, we want to do those things. But also it's like on a creative side, sex pot comedy can like make a TV, like TV shows and, yeah, and podcasts or, or, you know, and, and digital content and scripted or unscripted. And it's like the, the, uh, the horizon is great. And we're just like trying to manage our time appropriately relative to the opportunities that we have now. And I, I think we're, uh, we're kind of a product of what Denver is right now. And that's, uh, you know, one of the fastest growing cities in America, a city mm -hmm. that's doing so many cool things uh, progressively with regard to arts, with regard to politics, with regard to business. We we thrive on small business and entrepreneurship and, and our, you know, energy industry is taking off and cannabis and having a billion dollars in sales yeah. uh, last year and over a hundred million dollars in tax revenue and fees collected and, and having what's going on with legalizing gay marriage and all the gun, uh, the gun issues that, you know, all the shootings that we have in Colorado and the discussion around that, there's just so much going on but people continue to move there. I guess there's like 100,000 people moving there every year to the Denver area suburbs, and it's just putting so much money, so much interest in finding things for people to do that, mm -hmm. um, you know, alongside Denver growing, the Denver comedy scene has kind of taken off, and, you know, we're a part of that. Yeah, um, but absolutely. We're, it, also, not just what we do, but I think also what people think we stand for. So even though we're this spitballing entity, um, <laughs> people think we're this, like, corporate chill you know this like the, that i've this. always thought that about you i mean <laughs> <laughs> it's because you wear collared shirts people think we're the <laughs> yeah. and then collegiate sweaters <laughs> right <laughs> and, and, and people think we're this big corporate entity so but it fuels them to like do things to like in spite of us you know okay. like like do things to drive their own thing independently which i think in its own right is pretty cool as well so um as as much as we've put effort into this it's also just been very fortunate timing i think uh to have cannabis to have the Denver comedy scene build in the way that it did in the time that it did um, for us to be where we're at today it's pretty awesome man yeah I mean it's it's so it's so interesting seeing what's going on just because like every time I see an email from like UK Vaughn for example like it, there's like 30 medallions in your signature of like just things <laughs> you're doing it's just like you know you're you're, you're like I, I don't know did you run for office at some point oh, yeah. I feel like you ran for office at some point. I ran for Denver City Council yeah, yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> under protest. Failed miserably. Oh, <laughs> but I, I feel like twelve thousand. But, I, but yeah. I feel like there's always things going on, and like uh, and like you know, some of it's related to you know Denver Relief, which is your pot dispensary company and whatnot too. It's just like, how did you become this cannabis mogul? Is that a, is that a is that a thing? Like is that a is that a real thing? Would you describe yourself as that? I've been called that once or twice. Okay, I, I don't like, know if it's appropriate. But, okay. Um, no, I I, I I moved from Lincoln, Nebraska when I was 21. Okay. Moved straight to Denver, so I've been out there for about 12 years. I'll okay. be 33 this year. 
and uh, worked at, at an electrical engineering firm. That, that's the job that transferred me out. I did that for a few years. Uh, it was really was destroying my soul. Um, I, I, I was uh, probably 20 or 30 pounds heavier than I am now. I was uh, pretty much married to a woman that I was living with that I really despised uh, in mm -hmm. a lot of ways and just could see my, my trajectory heading in that direction, just like, I'm going to do what a lot of people in Nebraska do and just get married because uh, yeah, the, you know, the expectation you is there. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I, I chose not to. And I walked in one day. I remember I was going up my elevator uh, to work. I walked to work every day and had my earbuds in. I think it was the third day in a row the same song was playing as I was going up the elevator. Mm -hmm. And I just wanted to shoot myself. You know, it's like getting into this almost too much of a rut, too much of a, um, a repetition in my life. And I sat down at my desk and I put in my two weeks notice. Wow. And at the time, I was uh, volunteering for a group called SAFER, SAFER Alternative for Enjoyable Recreation, which was the legalization and uh, effort under the Marijuana Policy Project in Colorado that really helped uh, create the movement that we have today that mm -hmm. kind of started this thing nationally. So I've been volunteering for that group for about 12 years now. But through those folks, met the people I started Sexy Pizza with. And then uh, nine months later, I started Denver Relief. But when I started my entrepreneurial career, I quit the job. I broke up with the little, she broke up with me. Um, <laughs> I rented my house out. I moved into a tent in the backyard uh, of that house for three months and then wow. uh, onto wow. a buddy's floor for another six. Exhausted my savings buying an existing pizzeria. Had never made pizza, had never run a business, had never <laughs> run a restaurant and said, fuck it, let's just do this. Yeah, yeah. And uh, yeah, just hit the reset <laughs> button on life ultimately. Sure. Um, eating pizza for nine months. Can't believe that you can lose 30 pounds in nine months just eating pizza, but you can. <laughs> um, I did, <laughs> I did that, and uh, and yeah, <laughs> yeah, right, right, reverse yeah. Jared. Yeah. So, so I guess the bigger question here is, what song was it? That yeah, was yeah, on yeah. What song that just sent you over, you over the, the edge? top? Uh, I think it was I, I Into the Bistic by Van Morrison. <laughs> 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 oh, dude, that's way more romantic than I anticipated. <laughs> Never played again. Yeah. I, like, I like the serenade. I have a really fond memory. memory of that song. Dude, lot, most from people like from Ohio <laughs> get married to that shit. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That, that is I a am wedding from song. Ohio, yeah. and I definitely got married. Yeah. But I, I, I didn't get married in Ohio, so it wasn't to that <laughs> shit. So that's you know what I mean. I'm from yeah. Michigan. It's yeah, all yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I'm just messing. Yeah, you're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. So, <laughs> but nine months into Sexy Pizza, I never uh -huh. wanted to start a pizzeria. Those are my friends. They're yeah. from Long Island, New York. And I, whatever. Um, wanting Wanted to move on from that, so I started Denver Relief. Uh, opportune timing. Obama uh, had just been elected during his campaign. He said he wasn't going to use uh, federal resources to go after these state compliant businesses. We read enough uh, vague language in our amendment uh, that legalized like caregiver cannabis, kind of what California has right mm -hmm. now, um, to start a business. So we started a delivery service with $4,000 and half a pound of cannabis and just wow. bootstrapped the whole thing. Saved enough to nine months wow. later build out a retail store. Uh, about nine months later after that to build out our cultivation facility that we're in today and just kind of grew but kind of taking the uh, the pizza and cannabis too are pretty synergistic yeah. so <laughs> one 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 complements the other quite well sure. so to bring in arts and to bring in comedy after that just mm -hmm. continued that synergy and uh, really helped build something special but talking about all the other I logos and all that yeah, on the yeah, bottom yeah. of my signature those are all businesses that work really well and in in mm -hmm. uh, in parallel and with uh, the other businesses that I have and the advocacy piece, which is mm -hmm. half the logos down there, just things that I feel are important uh, for people to do, not just in cannabis, but in life in general, which is to okay. be active and to, mm -hmm. to be supportive of the things that you care about and to, to lighten the burden of others. Gotcha. Very cool. So it's, so it's not just you running all those things. It's <coughs> not yeah. you overachieving 
Well, you've already overachieved, well, clearly. I, 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 I do yeah, have can you over overachieve? Because I think that's. Uh... I, I think it's a double positive. No, that doesn't work. Damn it. Um, <laughs> um, I, I have about 25 awesome partners, um, Andy Jewett being one of them. And I think I work with people that are ultimately probably more passionate than I am about a lot of these things. And I just simply help drive it when I can from resource management perspective, from gotcha. kind of a macro vision, and really let, let people that are ultimately passionate. Um, be the visionaries and, yeah. and and have the drive and hopefully i can just kind of maintain order a little bit well i mean andy definitely does too i mean andy i mean between just everything you do with sex pot plus high plates comedy festival right you know like you you're kind of a classic overachiever in comedy as well well hopefully um thank you <laughs> i guess um but yeah like Kayvon said it's a, it's everything that's a strength is a weakness yeah so i think you know as we touched on before like really prioritizing what we're spending our time on is is a thing so um you know, as far as, uh, you know, how I got into the mix relative to the cannabis side, too, is weird. Like, I ran radio and television stations for 14 years in Colorado Springs and Denver. And um, for a period of time, right before, um, <clears throat> right before I left that full time, there was a five-year period where I helped run this part of this company called Max Media. And uniquely, those radio stations were not owned by any were not owned by Max Media. It was an operating agreement. Okay. They were owned by a bank. So during that time, it was the only um, media entity in town that was taking cannabis advertising. Okay. Because on a federally regulated antenna, the mm -hmm. FCC is all, you yeah. know, it's why you have the three strikes it. rule. Right. In a typical three strikes environment, you have three strikes. The government seizes that antenna from whoever, Clear Chan or now iHeartRadio yeah, yeah. or Intercom or wh whoever the big players are. Max Media is a smaller player, but they didn't own it. The Guggenheim Bank owns it. Mm. And so there's no risk to the three strike thing because the bank kind of bought it on like a, a very bizarre debt uh, deal from another bank. Okay. Actually, it was like, you know, 45 plus million dollars in debt and they bought the debt for like 17 million dollars. So they're like, and now it's like close to profitable or whatever the hell it is. But long story long, like for years, I was selling media to all these cannabis businesses that were there. And so there was somewhat of an association on my end, too, with cannabis for certain people. And so when Kayvon and I got together on comedy and cannabis, it was like, oh, well, this makes total sense because mm -hmm. um, we're kind of in lockstep on um, the issues. I would say Kayvon obviously comes from more of an advocacy um you know, activist background. And uh, for me, it's been cool to get swept up in that and become any part of that at all, any fraction of that, um, to the point where now, you know, uh, between what Kayvon and his businesses are doing, what Sexpot's doing, you know, we're gonna go uh, be a part of the National uh, Cannabis Conference? Or am I, tell me the correct name. Uh, National Cannabis Festival at the RFK <laughs> Stadium in DC. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, just so a like, little stadium. Yeah, those little, <laughs> the little RFK, yeah. So that, like those types of things, I mean, as we grow um, <clears throat> in stature, it's like cool that all these other businesses are finding out what we do. And then they're like, oh, well, how can we be a part of it? And it's mm -hmm. like, OK, now Mass Roots, which is a big social media uh, thing in the cannabis space, you know, th they're a part of it. And some of our edible partners and some of the, you know, they just kind of come from places where not where you didn't expect, but it's interesting to see who is like. It's like before we were out actively out pursuing people, and now some people are coming to us and going, hey, how do we get involved in that? And that's nicer to see and to be a couple of years into that arc and be having people pursue us to be involved in mm -hmm. whatever it is as a, as a platform. 
the cannabis industry is still plagued with a lot of snake oil salesmen too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Just a new industry coming online. There's a lot of people trying to take advantage of people's money and right. and the fact that they're spending a lot of it to find a position in this market. But so I, I think just like any business, it's taken us a while to have that track to get that traction by being consistent and and proving ourselves over and over that we are valuable, that we can bring people together, that we can fill seats, that that all these things. And and I think we're starting to really do that. And it was amazing. We had a show with Ben Cronberg at the Bug Theater, which is this independent theater in Denver that we're trying to uh, really revive. That's where the Grolics used to do their uh, monthly show. And it's really been kind of void of comedy since they left. And and people that have tried to put shows on there just haven't, hasn't done well. There've been 20, 30 people in the audience or they've canceled shows. Mm -hmm. So we were a little bit worried when we kind of decided to do this last minute and uh, all of a sudden sold out the theater. Uh, last Friday, and I probably out of the 160 some people uh, that were in the theater, probably recognized 25 of them. Mm-hmm. So I think that shows that we're getting out to people that aren't yeah. in our circle anymore. That it's that it's growing outside of that, and we're starting to get some reach, which really gives me a lot of hope for first Denver, and then hopefully taking that model and expanding it elsewhere, starting with LA, obviously with Andy's uh, presence there. So that's basically what you're doing in LA. Yeah, you're setting up shop. And yeah, I mean, you've already I mean, got the LA hat on. You're <laughs> yeah, yeah, fully, fully sold out. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. Did, did <laughs> See Flea at the bookstore all the time. Uh, <laughs> everything's fine. Kevin Bacon looks at me and doesn't say anything every day at the coffee shop. It's very perplexing. Uh, um, but yeah, like like Kayvon said, Denver's like replacing itself statistically every five years. Okay. So that provides an opportunity for us at these shows where we're get, seeing all these new people now. So that that's great. So like he said, the Bug Theater, there was a bunch of shows that didn't do well. Okay, now there's infrastructure again. Okay, people mm-hmm. can expect to see X, Y, Z. Okay, we'll come out to that show. That's cool. And now we're really in the mode of, okay, we're going to do some shows. Um, we did our first show at the Improv last June uh, okay. at the Hollywood Improv. So we'll do some stuff at the clubs and things like that. I just did my first set at the Comedy Store last week, which was really fun. Cool. Um, yeah, just like, yeah, just, yeah, just fun things to be checking off. Like, Jesus, like, imagine when I'm get really good. This is going <laughs> to, this thing's going to pop off. Um, but uh, yeah, so now we're like in the mode of trying to figure out which of our existing shows and entities we want to do in Los Angeles. And then also maybe like looking at like in Denver, we're known for certainly a lot of stand up showcases, but then we've got a lot of like game show type things and theme shows. Like we have a storytelling show called The Narrators that is wildly popular and the podcast is our second most popular podcast Mm. in terms of numbers. And then we've got a show called Uncalled For that we partner with um, Jake Brown and Zach Moss and Samantha uh, Taylor. Jake is the pot critic for the Denver Post and the cannabis and the, the most famous pot critic in the world. And he's the host of this. One of the few. <laughs> one of the few that can yeah. really call themselves that like is a real thing for sure. Because mm-hmm. we're all, hey, aren't we? We're all pot critics, aren't we, guys? <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, let's take Speaking of that, strawberry <laughs> cough. What a treat. Um, n- but, uh, yeah, so now we're just trying to figure out, okay, do we want to have uncalled for um you know, our, our card, g- our offensive card game thing that's a live show that's done really well at festivals. Do we want to do that in Los Angeles? Mm-hmm. Uh, do we want to turn that into a TV, TV show? show yeah. right? sure. You know, that and those types of things, like that's part of like what industry people are liking is like, oh, we have these proven things in a box already. Mm-hmm. What if we just tweaked them a little and made them, into a, format or made them into yeah, a yeah. production thing on a, on a network or on digital or, or whatever that the entity needs? So we're in the middle of a lot of fun, weird pitches right now that we never thought we would do. And 
it's all really kind of surreal and fun. Yeah, a lot of moving parts, man. A lot of a lot of different colored shirts depending on what meeting you're having. <laughs> so, uh, on, on that note, I want to add that I've never worn a suit in my life. Nor <laughs> Good for nor you. Nor do I intend on doing so. Good for never you. I weddings and funerals is the only time I really put them on. So I, yeah. I, I promised myself that too. Being a musician, I was like, I, I never. You know, and and that band Garbage, you know, from the '90s, they they made this pact like we're never gonna dress up, we're never gonna do anything, and then they got the James Bond theme song, and they all had to wear suits for the <laughs> video. They had the Oscars, and they were so pissed, <laughs> and they're like, God damn, you know, after 20 years, it, it's, it's, uh, yeah, it's cool. it's fun to not dress up, man. It definitely is. Yeah, I've I've got my suit's a blue sweater. I'm surprised that I don't have it on right now. I've got seven <laughs> well, different Well, it's 90 degrees, well, it's 90 here, degrees yeah, yeah. in Austin. It's honestly, it's never stopped me before. <laughs> yeah, we were here one time and we're walking around. I wasn't, maybe it was this hotel. It was somewhere close to here. And Billy Corgan was here and it, it was like 110 degrees, like easily 110 degrees. Yeah, right, right. And he had like the biggest wool coat on with a <laughs> scarf. <laughs> just like sipping the teeniest little cappuccino outside in the sun, and we were just like, "We get it. You're you're an artist. You're important <laughs> as fuck. Or you have been emaciated down to 86 pounds, and you really need this big wool coat. Right. Either way, <laughs> the, you, you know you need to get your shit together, Billy. Come on, Billy. What are you doing? Don't be standoffish with a teeny little dog in a big coat in 120 <laughs> degree weather. That's fucked up. So it's like your passion producing comedy is that like is that I mean I, you do stand up sure you do a lot but sure that, yeah passion uh, producing um, I think both of us just like to make stuff I think we like yeah. to be in the process of creation so ultimately you know there's some designs on acting and producing and writing stuff that I or we care about that um, that's under the sex pot label mm -hmm. um, but yeah I mean I. That's tricky because I'm. I feel like I'm reasonably good at producing, um, but I definitely get labeled that way a lot. Mm. And I think it's a strength and a weakness in the sense that if people see me as a producer, they don't see me as something else. Right. Um, and the reality is, is that I think the leg up I've had to weasel myself into comedy, leaving corporate America, leaving <laughs> corporate radio and TV, has been like I have the leg up of knowing how business works, whereas yeah. maybe um, you know regular. Uh, route comedians are more focused on getting up seven nights a week. And so I've had to sort of morph into that from a, a different perspective because I have two children um, and, you know, I've had to make a living and, you know, it's in my terrible act. But the last day of my freshman year at Boston College, I got my freshman girlfriend pregnant. I was married for 10 years. Now I'm not. I have an 18 year old daughter who's about to go to college. So that's part of the Jeez. that's part of the because you're not that old. I I know, <laughs> <laughs> but I love to fuck, wow. man. Um, so yeah, so and that never gets old. Right? <laughs> and that's <laughs> always a treat. Yeah, that's a timeless <laughs> classic. Um, so it's like the timing now has been. I've been fiercely wanting to be in my children's lives yeah. and having them have you know not make the sacrifices I'm willing to make. You know, living on a couch or yeah, you know course. chasing dreams or, or things like that. So they've had a pretty normal life up until now, and then. The timing has just been such that Kayvon and I have things that we want to achieve in Los Angeles. Seems like now's the time. Yeah. Because, um, like, you know, we're I've, you know starting to get bigger TV stuff, and yeah, that's exciting. Some Super Bowl spots you had this past Super Bowl? Yeah. Yep, yep. Did a Pepsi Super Bowl thing with Rob Hubel and Paul Shear and uh, Jocelyn Hughes. Yeah, who cares about <laughs> those guys? What a bunch of dipshits. Yeah, I, th I, th I think you pronounced their names wrong. <laughs> <laughs> it's Rob Hubel Hubel and Paul Shear Shear. Um, 
but yeah, so starting to be able, and I just actually, I'm going to go do another Mountain Dew thing right after this, because it's oh, nothing wow. but soda from here on out, guys. Pepsi-Cola, man. <laughs> Pepsi-Co. <laughs> Children, yeah. drink the soda. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so, I mean, you know, there's, again, there's like, um, we'll, we'll find out about some big stuff in the next few days, but it's it's all like, it's very showbiz real now, and yeah. uh you know, with the ascent of not just our Denver friends, but just it's fun to go to Los Angeles. The biggest adjustment for me that's been nice is any shows I go to, I literally know everyone and they know that's me, great. and that's great. And they're a, are an instant friend group. Yeah, uh, yeah. So There's it's a camaraderie like, with if I was, yeah, yeah, if I was a 20 year old dude being like, I'm going to be an actor with no infrastructure, I'd just like cry every day for 10 years and then maybe get something, you know? Mm. Whereas now, like we've been sharpening our saw uh, out in the field, if you will. And uh, coming in with some level of foundation and knowing a lot of people in the industry and knowing a lot of comedy people and hopefully having a little bit of a, uh, a leg up there versus, uh, you know, by earning it, hopefully. Oh, man. It's, it's, a, lot, just it's like, a lot to digest. It's cool. I like. know. It's it's amazing. I mean, just to, to see, obviously, to hear about the process, how long it does take to actually get into this position. You know, most people, ah, just have this great idea. You know, it's like, sure, everyone has ideas, but unless you execute and position yourself and time things right and follow through and it's so much goes into it to be successful at any level you know it's, you can't it's just mail it much, in it's like what you guys do it's mm -hmm. like you know it's we all get better over time yes both in the business realm and the podcasting realm and whatever and we all have our x amount of hours like Kayvon has spent x amount of hours you know since he left his job um and certainly before but like really digging into the cannabis ag advocacy and all mm -hmm. those things and you know, to the point where he has all these relationships and all this know-how and all this really hands-on, dirty, getting hands dirty experience and that, you know, I have a lot in, a lot, a lot in promotion, producing, uh, even writing and uh, to some degree and, and acting and then stand-up is like my newest thing. Yeah. So like I've only been doing that for a few years. It's like I do okay now, but like I was, I really have a lot, I know what my yeah, ceiling yeah. is on that. Yeah. yeah. And so um, that's a daunting thing for me and try it's hard because it's like oh i like feel as qualified as anybody is like a good improvisational actor on camera as an example but like in terms of stand up like yeah again like i do well those things but like i've got a long way to go and i know that so we all have different amounts of hours in each bucket and so you know your question earlier mark like is a pro and a con it's like it is a pro and a con cuz it's like being good at everything or at least having a foot in the door of everything it's definitely a good thing business-wise sometimes it can get you into trouble relative to you know what sphere you're in um you know depending on the situation but you know um it, it's great to be in all those uh conversations it, now it's just like okay do we want to spend time on making television i i feel like we do um we're working on a, a really exciting thing now and uh we're just uh here i'm shutting up <laughs> oh, man. No, it's just so exciting because I want to I want to know all about it and stuff. And obviously, like you said, dis major decisions are days away. Uh, man, it must be weird to go to sleep every night to be you guys, knowing <laughs> that things could change on a dime the next day or whatever. Yeah, I, I don't know. I th you know I think that that's definitely part of it. Back back to like the X and X amount of hours is about ninety a week. Um, that's I'd say how much work I put in every week, mm -hmm. uh, and I have for like the last eight years. So it doesn't happen without that effort. Um, but they're all, again, back to the grassroots initiatives. I think that's a lot of something a lot of people lose when they start a business or an endeavor, a project or a career or whatever, is they're just not willing to 
put in the lumps. They're not willing to take time to get beat up by it for a while to, to maybe have nine out of 10 people, your idea sucks and still want to yeah. continue it to, you know, like that's okay. And, and maybe it's not the best idea, but you won't know unless you pursue it. Mm-hmm. And there are so many things that I've started with almost next to nothing that, you know, still lose me money or, but I know that I know they're headed in the right direction. And unless you put in that effort and unless you believe in it and you're passionate about it, it's, it's just not going to happen. So to have that self-doubt, which everybody has is okay, but don't let it discourage you. And I think that's, you know, when I say I've started all these businesses, I've never had one fail. And I don't think it's because they're all great ideas. I think it's because of the peop- me and the people around me um, have really just put it, put in our all and have been very passionate about it and willed it to happen. And, you know, sometimes I'm sure it's not going to someday. <laughs> um, and, I, and I'm okay with that. But uh, I think that's something that a lot of people just let go on. They give up a little too easily. Um, you know, that's a product of a lot of things. Mm-hmm. Um, but just to keep driving and to be okay with having other people think your idea is stupid is, is a great <laughs> way to live, I think. If you can be okay with that, you're, you're headed in the right direction. Yeah, true words can't be spoken, man. Wow, we can't. We went to school today, Matt. We did. I went to school. We went to. We went to. <laughs> I feel like I just Cannabis got my business school. degree. Yeah, just got yeah. It was so interesting. Degree. Sorry, we weren't firing off the guns of no, hilarity, no, no, everybody. No, no, no. Listen, <laughs> this is the whole reason we wanted to have you on the on the podcast yeah. because this is a very big part of comedy, and a very big part of it is the other end of it. It's like, it's. It's beyond just entertain me, clown. There's a lot of uh, blood, sweat, tears. I think not a lot of people understand. Of, you have comedians at the top of their game that those guys took some shit to get. Oh to my them. god, they took some lumps. Well, so. people, yeah, ask all the time. They like get to town. They're like, "How did you get that agent? Or how did you get that manager?" It's like, well, we worked at it for like six years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then eventually they were like, "Hey, <laughs> hope <laughs> right. we, can, we can we can whore you. Yeah, so yeah, yeah, yeah. come on, come on board." So yeah, yeah, it's like. You're right, man. It's it's uh it's become it, it's interesting to see the dynamic with some people that, that go from the scam of oh we're gonna make something interesting with our friends and have fun all the time mm-hmm. to and and that being the focus to oh what can we sell yeah yeah or how do I make <laughs> this my life like how do I do this cool thing for the rest of my life or totally whatever it's and yeah I mean well I I like using the phrase sometimes it's like you you're you're an overnight success ten years into making or to- something like that totally so, yes. Yeah. Yeah. We so. feel hopefully, yeah. Oh, I was just gonna say I want to bring this up with you, and I did this with TJ as well on the podcast earlier. Yeah. It's like, man, is it a good time to be from Denver? Yeah, you know. And and I want to ask you guys specifically what it is about Denver to you, at least, that you notice that makes Denver so special. The because legalized weed. I thought. <laughs> well, well, yes, there, yes, there's that, but but there's more to it than that. You know yeah, what I mean? Of I mean, of yeah. the, the reason why comedy works is. The place everyone goes to record their album, yeah, you know, the, the scene is just exploding now as far as comedy is concerned, you know, yeah. the fans are obviously very passionate about their sports team, De- you know, the Broncos are very successful right now, Th- things well, are happening yeah. for a reason in every facet of Denver, I think. I think a lot of it is, has lined up uh, at the right time. Um, like Kayvon said, it's really about hard work, the people that are doing anything that are being successful, it's not an accident. They really are like, you know, the Grawlicks have been comedians for 10, 12 years, depending on who they are, you know, and to get where they are and to be good enough writers and performers, those types of things. You know, hopefully we're getting good at what we do and blah, 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 blah. Um, I think the economy is something also there's just like there's opportunities there. Yeah. But I think it's emblematic of like 
okay, the music scene is very similar. So like, you know, we wake up, go, we'll go to the same uh, chunk of town and eat at a diner next to Nathaniel Rateliff, who has a big number one album now. Yeah, and yeah. Is, and sang the, the bitch. Yeah, sang the national anthem at the you <laughs> know the song. AFC know. championship <laughs> game, all those things, yeah. and sold a million records. Well, that's from a local record company that's in Denver mm-hmm. that we partner with on other comedy shows that's owned by Illegal Pete's. And it's like that guy sat next to us at the diner at Sputnik eating breakfast every morning and had five albums or whatever he had before that yeah. and then decided to do a soul album that he just liked and it worked. Yeah. You know, and it's like so what I was saying earlier about not being caring about hits, it's sort of yeah. you def- you become an artist or you become a part of the civic community and you really have that passion and commitment that Kayvon talked about. You become part of that fabric and all of a sudden everyone else that's doing that you're sort of locking arms with and all boats are rising yeah because it's like damn these guys are good at this and th- this comedy group is good at sketch and this comedy group is these are the best stand-ups in town and holy shit these festivals are incredible and holy shit you know this monthly show at this theater's festival so or crazy so you know it's it's uh it's a collective effort of people who aren't in a hurry necessarily to get to los angeles or new york and there's nothing say, wrong with it. They're not. There's nothing yeah, wrong yeah, with yeah. it. But it, it's a two hundred fifty dollar plane flight. So everyone's kind of trying to have their cake and eat it too. And well, you know, we're not that different than a lot of other people per se. Our difference kind of is that we're from Denver. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and we're holding down hopefully and and repping that scene well. And uh, and and a, and a key part of helping make it grow and draw eyes and attention and press to it because it is fun. You know, being in you know the industry rags. touting denver Mm. as like one of the main topics every time it's like well that's that's not a bad thing it's Um, a great thing man i I hope new york city's listening because there's nothing more frustrating it's like obviously people all the arts leave in new york you you can't you can't make it on name alone like you can't just say hey we're a band from new york city and then you get everything that's included with it that's not how it works and and from my perspective performing in new york city there's no scene and it's because everyone's selfish and no one wants to work together. No, and like you said, no one's locking arms. We're not all bringing the scene up together and, th- and that's all gone away. Well, I also feel like and it's it gone away because of just rising costs to be an artist in New York City. Yeah. And that's why. Yeah. But also, that's and that's also fair. But, but, yeah. but that's also why you see really cool cities or secondary or tertiary. Yeah, like Atlanta or, or Denver or, or whatever. Yeah. Or Sure. Wherever they they kind of rise up because well, power numbers take it back. Got to get the city back, man. Yeah, yeah col- you know culturally, I think Denver, uh, the imports mentioned people moving there. You know, we have hundred thousand people. people. Yeah. There are people moving from places where they don't fit in anymore. Or they yeah. they don't like the culture of or whatever. So they're coming there to like find their own niche or create their own thing unique. And Denver, because it is so young and it has so many people with these different mm-hmm. influences and backgrounds, is just it's kind of a melting pot of of America, really. And and it's I think driven primarily towards art and small business and this opportunity that I don't think a lot of people get in larger cities anymore. So no, you're right. uh, you you know even even Colorado from a, a political standpoint we're a blue island in a sea of red, but not like Lincoln, Nebraska, where I'm from, is uh, a blue island in a sea of red. Nebraska, like the conservative in Nebraska is crazy Trump conservative, right. whereas you know the conservative in Colorado is this libertarian like mm-hmm. uh, yeah, yeah not in my backyard you know it's a stay out of, stay out of my house stay out of my drawers stay out of my life. They're, kind they're of conservative, but they don't mind gay people getting married or exactly gay people right. a relationship. Right. they think they or they think yeah. they should at least exist on this planet they don't they don't want they don't want to hey kill the fags or something exactly like that. Yeah, so yeah, i think so just people in general are a lot more tolerant yeah, yeah. and and that, that
that create that really creates a good opportunity for art to thrive well, when they yeah, don't feel. I mean, it makes sense. I mean, look at like a like New York is a great example of that. Is like New York does really well when it has Republican mayors or Republican people governing it. Like the last couple ones have been Republican, which is funny because that's a traditionally conservative point of view. But you know, New York City is a very liberal city, so th- you know it's it's there's there are like these very different shades of red state out there or red in general and i think just like our you know what's happening in this election this year yeah people are really like grasping or trying to find that moderate you know <laughs> i know foothold that I know. that that i don't want to be like crazy conservative or, or yeah. even crazy liberal anymore yeah. like they're they're starting to look equally as nuts they are they really are here it's it's unbelievable but because like, i mean at the end of the day people just want to live and they don't necessarily need to, i don't think people define themselves as as red or blue, like the media portrays it. Well, because everything's There's, available you know, now, right. you know, with the, between the internet and the life experiences and how you can get around and travel and see other people. It's like all that's all meshing now. So there's you're not just ah. Uh, well, this is just kind of how yeah. it is in my yeah. town, man. I also think it yeah. becomes the norm too. I mean, look at like how quick marriage equality happened for for the LGBT community. I mean, like in the span of two presidential cycles, almost it it went from like. We're not talking, don't ask, don't tell, to like, yeah, this is 100% a legal thing. And that happened very quickly. It didn't happen that quickly for civil rights. It didn't happen that quickly for a lot of other causes. But because, like, these are people under, started to understand of, this is my mother. This is my brother. This is my cousin. This is someone I know that, that is having this problem. And all of a sudden, it's like, oh, well, this becomes a social yeah, cannabis issue. really followed that, too. Where yeah. I was going to say, so. maybe yeah. 30% of the, when Obama became president, maybe 30% believed in it recreation to be recreational legal. And it was right around 50 medically. Yeah. And now we see 86% of Americans believe that medical cannabis should be legal and like 56% recreationally. Mm-hmm. And a lot of it is just by throwing it out there and, yeah. and really creating an environment where people feel comfortable being honest yeah and I, it, it's not like all of a sudden people just they're okay with gay people and they weren't before yeah it's that they feel more comfortable talking about it and being okay with it because they know other people are on board exactly and it's the same thing with cannabis yeah. and and if we had this kind of environment when civil rights were a big issue back in the 50s mm. we probably would have seen that turnover a lot quickly yeah exactly. which is still sad that we are <laughs> very yeah. similar yeah. Uh, circumstances yeah. with regard to the rights of uh, uh people of color in this country mm-hmm. so yeah, hopefully so. that can start to see some of the progress that we've seen with the lgbt and cannabis communities mm-hmm. but and I, I think that is starting to happen mm-hmm. um, so it's just a matter of uh, keeping it perpetuated not just in the media but in in our art and and in all these conversations that we have and really personalizing it and i think that's how we see progress with any issue all right do we see obama smoke on the last day in office <laughs> oh um, do we see Mar- that happen cannabis or sure c- or, or cigarettes well, his, well yeah god that would be a dream come true I mean, I don't know. I feel like that would be a, a pretty tight rock star move. I feel like later historians are going to, you know, find stories of aides who were like, and you know, Barack, every once a quarter, he'd go down into mm-hmm. the, you know, presidential vault and just smoke a giant fatty. I mean, that could be happening. Well, t- well isn't, didn't like Lincoln say things about like, you know, one of my favorite pastimes is sitting on the porch smoking cannabis. Oh, yeah. Like, Jeff I mean, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But, but not and, making and, it a secret, I think, is my point. And Washington became, you know? yeah, like, hey guys, thanks for the memories, you know. That would be crazy. You know. I don't know that he'll do that, Mark, but that would be, that would be great. Uh, <laughs> he would do it in such a cool way, it wouldn't even matter, you know what I mean? It'd just be like, he's Barrio. It's like the ultimate mic drop, man, you know? <laughs> well, he's one of the first presidents in a long time to admit actually inhaling. Yeah, sure. Yeah, cut the bullshit around that. Really. Well, why is that a thing, man? Well, like, know. what is I that? Know. Like, have you ever gotten a parking ticket? <laughs> like, how is that any different? You know what I mean? Sure. Y- you did something illegal. Who cares? Like, what? You know, he. What does that affect you? As, as far as his stance on cannabis, and he, he, I don't. I think a lot of people are upset with the fact that he didn't do more. 
with regard to cannabis, yeah. the mm-hmm. fact that he didn't do more with regard to civil rights mm-hmm. and, and all of this. That, but, you know, we have a, a, uh, a non-functioning government most of the time. I know. And it's, it's hard sh- to get anything. He has done a ton administratively, oh. executively for cannabis. I mean, he's, he's essentially defunded the DEA. Um, to go into state, states where there is a regulatory framework in place going after these businesses that are compliant, that doesn't exist. Yeah. You know, when you see these raids happening on TV with some of these cannabis businesses that's happened, especially in California, Montana, and Michigan, the last 10 years, none of those states regulate on a state level. Okay. And in every single state where cannabis is legal and mm-hmm. regulate on the state level, there hasn't been one iota of federal intervention with regard to operations on the tax level, anything. And a lot of it's because of Obama not doing anything. So mm-hmm. sometimes the inactivity is... A is yeah, allowing yeah, the yeah. progress to happen on its own instead of him forcing it. That's him smoking right there, maybe. Well, then. well his the whole th- his yeah. whole thing he's always said is like it's not about making drastic sweeping changes. It's kind of it's always just kind of like resetting this, the direction. So in, 20, in 15, 20 years from now, you see the result of it. So well, um, he, he's like you said about um, it's a global setup now. Everything yeah. is global, and yeah. your, your point about. Um, certainly, there's been a struggle longer than the time frame you talked about with L- regard to LGBT course, rights or cannabis course, rights, or whatever. But those things have sped up. It's like yeah, yeah, you yeah. know the industrial revolution. Our productivity went like crazy on the graph, right? At, at, during it's the like 20th compounding century. interest almost now it's with like yeah, with information yeah. Uh, technology in the world that's sort of equalizing things. Because yes. when we all grew up, guys, we had um, encyclopedias and uh, bad movies to tell yeah. us what we New York yeah. was like. We had or micro- to tell us what. You know, Microfusion. the Middle East was yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. or Africa was like, or Asia was like. And now it's like, no, 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 you just get on a plane or you take a giant virtual tour of any of this stuff. All this I stuff fly is at my our drone fingertips. To so check I it think out. that, you know, part of, for instance, uh, why, you know, Clinton isn't just a slam dunk is because, okay, now the things that wor- did take a long time. You, they've, they've all been on record and people can go access them at any time and make decisions. So everyone yeah. has to be more accountable for dumb comments right. like I didn't inhale. It's because it, that, yeah, it's like clearly weird. like, do you think we're idiots? Like that was a political, you know, uh, wordsmithing game back in the day. And How do you now even get like away with that? Like, if you just well, think about that, was, I don't even care. You get away with it because it was 1993. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah. that's how but you get away come with on. It. That's like, if, if I would have used that excuse to my mother, Mark. she would see right through me and just but, be but, like, but, but you Mark, fucking idiot, talking, don't lie to me. Well, that's almost, what, 30 years ago at this point? But, yeah. Like, like, I don't now know. it's like... I remember that as a kid going, that's bullshit. Like, come on, you know? Well, right. The funniest thing is, is that as a child, most of those political gamesmanship things that were certainly iconic sound bites where we all evaluated as kids being like yeah, whatever yeah. and then as adults it's like oh we were totally right why did the adults why were they complicit in this and there's it shows you the level of power of sort of keeping the status quo right. maintaining order the the amount of fear involved mm-hmm. in change oh, well, um yeah. what you know and then it's like oh wait Cannabis is uh, either medically or recreationally legal in 30 states, and everything's fine. No yeah. way! I'm yeah. so surprised <laughs> right, right, that right. it hasn't turned <laughs> into a, a thug's paradise. <laughs> everything's fine, <laughs> right. and, and it's made millions of dollars in its first, you know, weeks on sale. But I, I also think we also live in a time where uh, I, I call it the era of John Stewart, where John Stewart's like. So and so said this, and that they've always had this stance. Well, we have the tape. Let's cut to the tape. And yeah, yeah, two years ago, yeah. you're saying yeah. the exact opposite. So it's like you look like a fucking fool now. And um, it's cra- it's crazy yeah. to hear things like like there, there's this group following what Trump says, and and they find like a new lie every five minutes. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> or, a, or an untruth. It's just, it's, and, it's crazy. Uh, but also, it's our duty as Americans to know this stuff. And so I feel like that's the, the other problem is that people aren't 
the information's there. You need to do a little bit, like the smallest amount of digging. That's what I'm saying. That's there. It. That's available. Yeah. Problem solved. Yeah. Problem solved. Right? Everyone's right. an idiot. Here it is. Yeah. Actually happening. <laughs> yeah, I think that, you know, we're... we're and you're we're still like, no, no, no. Like, I, it's just... I think what we're seeing right now with the presidential election is going to pay good dividends in the long run mm -hmm. because I think it, it's showing people, one, we don't want to be on these extremes. Yes. Right. Um, and we need to be more moderate and mm -hmm. considerate of the other side if we're yeah. going to get anything done. And two, yeah, these fuckers lie all the time. Yeah, all <laughs> and, the time. And we have access to the information to make our own informed decisions. Mm -hmm. And I hope that this, what's happening, creates, you know, we, we've, we've seen it with Howard Dean and then Obama and then Bernie Sanders having these kind of grassroots fund fundraising yeah. movements and all that. Like, there are people that want to engage in politics. I just don't think they really know how yet. Mm -hmm. And I think mm -hmm. that we're going to see a lot of kind of, one, a, a reset kind of of these parties and how they interact with uh, people in general and hopefully uh, invite more people into the fold there. But I also think we're seeing a bigger independent movement uh, in this country. And a lot of it is around arts and, and civil justice and, and all of these things. And I believe that we're going to have a, 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 not a third party necessarily, yeah, I was but, just bring but that people up. that yeah. are kind of float between the two parties or hang out in the middle if they don't agree with either kind of what uh, what they're doing now and, yeah. and it'll be very influential and then all of a sudden these parties have to be more honest because they're pulling from this moderate pool as opposed yeah. to just trying to stay in their 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 hard end keep you yeah, 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 yeah. but but you've always liked the colorado rockies what do you what what do you mean the blue jays are cool all of a sudden yeah <laughs> somebody actually brought that up with me a while ago about how you know when you're young you get um, you know, you, you like this sports team. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You live and you stick with that yeah. sports team mm -hmm. no matter what. Well, why? Yeah. Like why yeah. Does, why does that matter? Why why do you need that allegiance to this thing that's well, I think ingrained people like, in your people blood like to, to find be? their tribe. You know, they, it's like whatever that tribe is, whether it's I grew up with, uh, liking comic books or I grew up being a part of a sports team or, you know, I mean, I, you hear brands like Apple talk about finding your tribe and there's the cult of Apple. I mean, it's people wanting to yeah. uh, find something that they can identify with somebody with. It makes Burning it easier. Man. Burning Man. <laughs> yeah, I'm going some aren't as good as others. If you want to check it out, I will be at Burning Man. Uh, I'll be in. The, I didn't uh, know Andy was camp, a burner. Camp Whisker Biscuit. Check me out. Camp Whisker Biscuit. I think that's a perfect place I've, to I've end this been, whole thing. Really Let's ending on uh, a Camp Whisker Biscuit. I want to end on the potential of that becoming an animated series <laughs> on Nickelodeon. Yeah, 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 Camp Whisker Biscuit. That's uh, goodbye, that's Dora. Oh, All right, that's the hottest cosplay, by the way. Dora the Explorer cosplay, full adult, nothing right. weird pedophilia-wise, just Dora outfit. Yeah, you've seen a lot of that around town. Oh, jeez. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's weird. <laughs> he's like, dude, I got no, even. I got no response. I don't know what to say. <laughs> Cut that <laughs> shit out. He's like, he's like, you're losing me business. <laughs> All right, guys. A pleasure. Thank you for the time, and uh, thank where you for can, all the insight. You, yeah, let's let's discuss all the uh, socials. Some socials and some websites. Yeah, I mean, you can find pretty much everything that we do at sexpotcomedy.com. Um, we've got all of our uh, all of our podcasts that you can subscribe to from mm -hmm. anywhere in the world, right there. Um, you know, we've got everything from LA podcasts like Matt Knutson's Grabbing Lunch, which is um, just him having uh, having lunch with famous people, to local Colorado podcasts. So. It's really across the board there, but that's all at sexpotcomedy.com. Um, definitely check out our Instagram and Facebook and Twitter. Follow us all, all there. Those are all at sexpotcomedy. And I'm at Laughing Chic on Twitter. That's that's all I got. And I'm, and I'm, at, <laughs> and I'm at Andy Jewett on everything. My last name is J-U-E-T-T. -T. Nice. My name is Kayvon Serna, Tyler Calabari Lamaki. Wow. Oh, come on. <laughs> I'm going to have to pitch you guys the Mark Says Hi, or Mark Is High, I guess. Oh, we'll yeah. Have to, we'll have to do that. Website. Oh, there you Mark go. Mark Stays High. I don't know. We'll figure it out. Okay, <laughs> cool. Figure it out. Let's do it. <laughs> All right. Cool. Yeah, Cheers, guys. Thanks, guys. <laughs>
All right, we want to thank the Sex Pot Comedy guys for joining us on the Laugh Button Podcast. Very cool to hang out with them, get the history. Um, hey, no pizza shops around my neighborhood where I grew up were, were uh, allowing kids to smoke weed and putting on comedy shows and blacking out the windows and doing cool shit <laughs> yeah. until, until it's legal, right? Yeah. Um, but things are changing all over the country, and we're going to find out that this may or may not happen uh, more often, right, yeah. I think. And Kayvon's an interesting dude to follow on social media. He's, Absolutely. Follow him on social media. He'll kind of tell you what's going on, and he really is talking about what's what, what's going on with as far as, uh, you know, the law in this town, the law in that town, versus all this other stuff as far as that. He's a big advocate for uh, Denver relief. Well, for marijuana relief. Cannabis relief, I think, is the official mm -hmm. term. I don't know. I've never taken the drugs. <laughs> Have you ever seen them? I have seen the drugs. Just uh, in person? <laughs> well, when I was in D.A.R.E. as a child, no, I've seen Oh, they them. show you what it is so you know what to avoid? <laughs> yeah. You are such so a tool I bag. learned so well to avoid. I avoided By the way, what happened all that? What happened all that weed that uh, that they'd bring in and show the kids? You know, be like, here's what to avoid. Like, oh, I'm wait. sure the dare officer goes and like smokes. Yeah, or probably. Yeah, probably. Yeah, all right, before we go and wrap up this episode of the podcast, I do want to give a huge shout out to. Uh, Gary Marshall and, and his family mm -hmm. and say we're thinking about you. Uh, Gary Marshall is one of the most important pieces in comedy history. Uh, the work that this man has created has transcended generations and will continue to do so. And it's unfortunate that he is no longer with us, but his work will live for live on forever and ever. I mean, between Happy Days, which I watched as a kid, Mork and Mindy, Laverne, Laverne and, and Shirley, and this is just the television work. And that's right? just like the eighties, right? <laughs> right. And and then he switched to to directing and making movies. movies a League of their own. League of their own. Pretty Woman. Pretty Woman is, is like. Still, st all the stuff that we're mentioning still holds up. Like if you watch yeah. it now, still good. And he started as a joke writer for a couple mm -hmm. of comedians and uh, landed a, a, a job uh, with Jack Parr at the Tonight Show. Mm -hmm. And then he moved to L.A. on a whim, met up with a, a buddy that he met, and they started writing together. And the rest is history. It's that mm -hmm. simple. Someone just took the leap, and uh, he became one of the all-time legends in comedy. Talented family too. His sister Penny Marshall's the director. Laverne, mm -hmm. or was she or she Laverne? She was she Laverne. Was Laverne not yeah. She was Laverne. Yeah, and Penny was great. And, director uh, in her own right. Been fortunate enough to spend some time with both of them. Actually, uh -huh. Gary, uh, I interviewed him one time. We it was supposed to be like five ten minute interview. It went an hour, an hour fifteen minutes. Mm -hmm. He told so many wonderful stories. He was the nicest guy, one of the nicest people I ever met in the business. So friendly, so willing to help too. He was like, anytime you need anything, you just let me know. Because he knows what it's like to pay it forward and, yeah. and, and how hard it is to get places. And and uh, and I'll wrap it up with this. Uh, the MTV Movie Awards. Which I was going to say, yeah. you're going to tell the story, you got to tell the story. Got it. So the MTV <laughs> Movie Awards, which happened, uh, I guess, good, April, May. Yeah, it's yeah. already been a couple months. Uh, my, my wife was working it and she was out on the Warner Brothers lot. And she was driving a golf cart around, just like <laughs> it, taking a tour, finding where everything is. So when shit was going to get crazy, she'd know where to go, the quickest route. And she's driving this golf cart. She's looking around. All of a sudden, she almost hit somebody. And she pulls over. She goes, oh, my God, I'm so sorry, Gary Marshall. <laughs> and Gary's like, oh, first day at the rodeo. And she's like, oh, my God, I'm so sorry. I almost hit you. He's like, don't worry. I've been here so many times, and you're not the first person that tried to take me out with a golf cart. And she's like so embarrassed. She's red. And she offered him a ride, and he refused. He's like, nah, I'm going to go for a walk, you know, and, oh, and he's walking cool. around. And she, she kept driving away, and she immediately pulled off into a like, hiding spot, calls me, and is like, I almost killed Gary Marshall. I almost hit Gary Marshall. And, uh, and it's just magical, magical yeah. stuff with Gary, man. It always was. Um, so rest in peace, Gary Marshall. Your work will live on forever. 
Make sure you go to the laughbutton.com. Uh, speaking of Gary Marshall, we put up a nice memoriam for him there. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, George Lopez retweeted it yeah, for us and that. shared the love. Very cool of him to do so. A lot of fans of Gary out there. And the laughbutton.com is your place to get all of our merch. So we got all of our shirts up there. Uh, both the, the female Game Changers of Comedy as well as the male Game Changers of Comedy. Well, it's called Legends of Comedy. Game Changers is a different... Is a, is a, oh, a, that's the article. That I was going to say it's a feature we have. I'm trying to get people confused. They'll do both. Well, we have Dick Gregory up this week. That's right. Dick Gregory, also major Game Changer. That yeah. guy ran for mayor. He, Dick Gregory did everything. Yeah, he did. It's true. <laughs> he did everything. All right, so laughbutton.com. Follow us on all the socials at the laugh button, wherever you can punch it in, do so. And then follow Matt on the socials. I am Kleinschmidt. I'm at Mark Says Hi. Until next week, let it hang. <laughs> 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 <laughs>